Welcome to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, a podcast where I read some of the best posts from across Reddit and around the web. Each episode is a collection of funny content that includes subjects like tales from tech support, entitled parents, choosing beggars, pro-revenge, and more. Today's episode is all about malicious compliance. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. My father said I had to stop swearing around him. So for the record, I'm a 29-year-old female with a very rough relationship with my father. He's always treated my sister like she was better, even jokes around a bit about how she's his favorite daughter. Anyways, my whole life I've been hearing about ways that I need to improve myself from him. I do swear now and then when I talk. I use F for emphasis on occasion. Example, wow, that Putin is effing crazy. For the record... I never swear at him. I just swear around him. So one day we were chatting and he said, I need you to stop swearing around me. It's crass. Which I found pretty arbitrary because he has plenty of male friends who swear a lot and he doesn't seem to mind it from them. When I pointed this out, he said, It's not that hard to just not swear in front of me. Are you incapable of not swearing? An immediate idea occurred to me. I think it counts as malicious compliance. I gave him a sweet smile and said, You're right, I guess I do hold back swears when I'm talking to little kids. I'll just do that for you too. He got all quiet for a second, then said, never mind. I do think there are a lot of people who are hypocritical when it comes to the difference between men and women swearing. Under normal circumstances, I swear like a sailor and a truck driver got together and had a baby, and I was that offspring. But there are times and places when, you know, you kind of got to curb it, turn it off. For, For instance, this channel. I can't be just running around saying everything that I want without consequences. Around certain family members, same thing. Around work. So, I don't know. Was he being a hypocrite or were you just overusing it? Did you swear more than his friends? Or were you swearing about the same? Or I don't know. Not sure any of it really matters. It's just, just tossing it out there. By the way, pay no attention to the gaping wound on my nose here. Uh, Yeah, got a little scratch going on and it'll go away soon. Be careful what you wish for. Okay, I'll start with some background. My workplace is quite large. According to a pedometer app, I walk about 5 miles per night on average during a shift. The manager's booth is all the way on one side. My work area is typically the complete opposite side, with bathrooms in the middle. Every day we have a huddle, where we all get our assignments for the day and any updates on broken equipment, whatever. These can be quick 5-minute deals or 45 minutes depending on what all is discussed. On this particular day, our huddle was probably one of the longest, a solid 40 minutes or so standing there listening, waiting to actually do my job. After this, we take about 20 minutes to gather all our supplies and get to our assigned area. So this day, I get all my supplies together and head over. By the time I'm in my work area, it's already been an hour with zero work done. Suddenly, I get a cramp in my gut, realize I really need to go to the bathroom and go to do so. I won't go into detail, but my stomach was angry. We'll leave it at that. So I finish up, go back over, and the boss is now standing there asking where I've been. I explain I was in the bathroom. He insists I should still have some work done by now, as we're now 90 plus minutes into the shift, and that I need to ask permission to go to the bathroom, 
like this is effing middle school or something. I'm 28, this is far from my first job, and I've never failed to accomplish all tasks by the end of my shifts here, even if I start off an hour or two behind. At first I said, absolutely not. I was angry. But then I realized, every single time I pee, every time I stop to get some water or a snack, I'm going all the way over to this man's booth and telling him. And when he asks why productivity is lower, it's because I'm walking the quarter mile over to your office to let you know every single time I go to the bathroom or do anything just like you asked. I'm definitely not walking fast. Eh, at least I'm hourly. I don't care where you work. What entity? I don't think I had that much trouble getting to the bathroom when I was in the service. To have an adult ask you permission or let you know before they go to the bathroom every time, unless you're doing some job where it's really high security or something like that, that's, that's ridiculous. Panera pays for over $120 of food instead of just an orange juice. Back in 2019, I was meeting up with a bunch of my extended family who were all attending the same wedding. As a nice gesture, I decided to pick up lunch from Panera Bread, think soups and sandwiches, for everyone. So I take orders from about 15 people, pick up the order from Panera, and make my way to the hotel where we will eat. After we arrive and start eating, I notice that I'm missing an orange juice from my nephew. I call the Panera and explain that, hey, I never got my juice. Could I get just the juice refunded? Mind you, this is an over $120 meal, and I'm just trying to get a few dollars back for the orange juice that I didn't get. They say they're not allowed and give me another number to call. So I call the corporate number and explain the situation. They say they aren't allowed to do partial refunds, only full refunds. So I clarify, I say, you won't refund the missing orange juice, but they can refund the whole order? Yes, that's correct. So I requested a full refund, two phone calls plus the waiting, and it was granted immediately. Thanks, Panera Corporate. Okay, that is totally ridiculous. I don't understand how they can't do a partial refund. You didn't get one piece. You're trying to be reasonable. You know, I don't, I'm not looking for a full refund. I just want, you know, I just want you to refund me for the orange juice or whatever. Just make me whole. That's all. Oh, well, good on you for getting a full refund then. They deserve getting socked for that $120. Print everything? Sure. In the early 2000s, I worked as a Unix administrator at a small company that sold flowers. Back then, we had multiple roles, including security, database, mail, and network administration. One of my roles was to create the IDs for new salespeople across the world. It wasn't a huge amount of turnover, but each Valentine's Day and Mother's Day, there would be a huge uptick as temporary staff got added. We'd had about a thousand temporary sales and inventory workers leading up to these days. To create the IDs, I generated a report and ran a script. However, I had to get approval from a manager before I could actually create the IDs. Each new user had a bunch of data, including name, extension, etc. The process was to print out the user packet and send it to the manager for approval. With one or two people, it's no big deal to print it out. With a thousand users, I figured I'd just send a spreadsheet with a column to approve or not. I wrote the report that generated the CSV, and it was a lot easier for me to use that than printed pages. I sent the spreadsheet to the manager. He never replied. I followed up with a call and resent the email. He said he'd get to it. A week later, it hasn't been approved and another hundred users are pending. I remind him that I need this sign-off. He still doesn't get back to me. Finally, I get hauled up to some senior manager to get scolded. I explain that I need the approvals and that I'm waiting. The approving manager is pissed off when he hears. He screams to his boss that I didn't follow procedure and print out the forms. The forms have to be filed, apparently. You know where this is heading. By the time I finished printing, we'd gone through five reams of paper and dozens of folders, staples, and other supplies. All this so the approver can check off the approval and sign his name. On top of that, I then had to process each individually. It took two days for something that normally took two minutes. I get the need for paperwork and bureaucracy, 
If someone gets added without approval, that's a bad thing, as they have access to all customer data. But the policy changed immediately after this to allow an email and a single printout of all names as the required paper trail. One thing about big corporations and big companies, they're good for wasting a ton of paper for nothing. I think it's because a lot of the older higher-ups in those organizations just really don't have a clue how to work with the technology that's available. And two, they're great for having meetings. Need a meeting? Let's have a meeting to discuss having another meeting. Need a raise? Let's have a meeting. Lunch schedule screwed up? Let's have a meeting. Too many people going to the bathroom? Let's have a meeting. Want me to turn around one minute before I arrive? Pay me for two and a half hours twice. Background. I did some service work on advertisement displays on gas stations. Working on gas stations is highly regulated. You need to wear protective clothing, signal vest, goggles, security boots, helmet, and secure your workplace. For one and a half meters around you, nobody else is allowed, even when you're working in the customer area where everybody else, including the staff, walks around casually. The certifications needed to do this work are boring as hell. Take a whole weekend of my precious time and must be done once a year. If the oil company finds out you didn't follow this protocol, you risk your contract. Our customer explicitly writes in every work order and sign-off sheet that this protocol has to be and was followed. We text sign this. If we don't follow protocol, we are really, really screwed. Now let's get started. I was having a really bad day. The last call was somewhere remote, but from where I was, it would only take an hour to drive. From where I usually start, it would be more than two. The reported error was something that could be solved easily by rebooting a system. And frankly, we've never understood why this was an issue that needed an on-site visit from us. But the customer insisted. When this particular error happens, we usually go on-site, suit up, tell the manager what we need to do, and ask them to step a little to the side. In 9 out of 10 cases, the reboot button can be reached with a long screwdriver, so no ladder and no secured work area is needed. It takes less than 5 minutes. Confirming that everything works with the customer takes 10 minutes. This stretches the security protocol just a little bit, but we all text working with this customer, agreed that this would be okay. Nobody would be endangered, and in this special case, everyone would benefit. So I called dispatch and informed them that at 1500, I would head out to this location. At 1600, I could literally see the sign of the gas station up ahead. My phone rang, and I was informed that our customer ordered me to abort, because today they only work until 1630. I tried to reason that this job would be done in less than 15 minutes, and that I already was on site. Nope, customer wanted to leave early today. I was furious. So as I arrived the next day, I did what every responsible tech would do. I assessed the situation and found that the one button I needed to push was just out of reach, and thus I needed to set up a ladder. This meant I needed to set up a proper workplace. This meant, by the safety regulations, I needed to close down the registers. I informed the manager, and to my great surprise, he didn't like this. Dispatch informed our customer of the situation. I was told to wait while they discussed the situation. An hour later, I had a nice chat with the manager and a really good coffee. The customer asked if I could do the work without securing my work zone. Naturally, I informed them that I am a certified technician and that the security regulations are very clear about what has to be done. I also reminded them that it was in their work order and sign-off sheet that I and the local manager need to sign, that all security measures had been taken. They needed to discuss the matter a little more, so I got another coffee. An hour later, I was asked again to just do my work without closing down the registers. I reminded them of security protocol, but offered to do as they asked if they would send me this in writing. One coffee later, I was cleared to leave the site. This could have been the end of it, but no. As this device still needed a reboot, I got a work order for it two days later. And lo and behold, the button was still just out of reach. Same game, same outcome. 
So instead of letting me do my job when I was already on site, they paid me an absurd amount for not doing my job because of a very strict security protocol they insisted on. Yeah, and all because they wanted to leave early the day before, or two days before, whatever. I get having security protocols in place. I understand. I get all the OSHA stuff, job site safety. At the same time, there are some times when those regulations go way, way overboard. But I guess if your premiums keep going up because people keep doing dumb stuff, then yeah, you got to kind of become a nanny state in your company. And so I can see it from both sides. I know. I'm wishy-washy that way. Got to follow the contract TNC. Below is one of my favorite stories from my days as an on-call service technician. Background. As an enterprise-level security systems technician, I was put on an on-call rotation. The contract with City is... We don't pay for travel time, only time on site, in increments of 15 minutes. Company pays me a minimum of 3 hours OT no matter what. Story time. It's Thursday of the first spring long weekend. It's 5pm and I'm just about to leave the office. We got a call from the city for a water treatment plant way out on the most eastern part of the city. On a normal day, this drive is 1.5 hours. On a long weekend, it's 2.25 hours. Client. Hey, terrible storyteller. A truck leaving the plant clipped the gate card reader and the lights apparently won't turn on anymore. We need you to fix it. I asked the client, have you had mobile guard dispatch to test the unit? It's a long drive on a long weekend for something that may be able to wait until Monday or not even be an issue. Sorry, he left for a long weekend and guards are busy at another site. TNC says you got to attend today. Sorry, dude. After two and a half hours in brutal traffic, I get to the site. Check in with the dispatch and find that no one has tried to get into this gate for over 24 hours. Not one person has even tried to use the gate. Want to know why? As it's an exit gate. <laughs> the only time it's used for entry is when the other gate is down or when full-size trailers need to access the site, which only happens once a month for chemical deliveries. This gate is not important for a long weekend emergency service and could have waited for Monday, 9am, when the guy who lives down the street could have attended. Cumulicious Compliance 1. Manufacturer's recommendation require me to follow multiple steps to replace faulty devices. There's a lot of things I can normally bypass to save time, but the contract TNC with the city require I follow all appropriate steps to prevent damage to controller. 2. Need access to the main controller and the city guards have that, so I can't start the repair process. Guards won't be there for 35 minutes. They have to pay me while I do payroll and go grab a coffee. 3. With guard on site, I follow each letter of the best practice guidance with meticulous detail and patience. 4. Oh shoot, the backboard on the pedestal needs some repair and modifications as previous integrator installed old reader poorly, but TNC requires me to make it right, so off to Home Depot I go. 5. With new reader installed, I have to make sure the wiring at head end is correct. It's not. Gotta fix that. And I don't have spare wire to do so. Off to location B. 15 minutes away to grab 6 feet of wire. 6. Wiring all done, reader powered on, time to test and commission using convoluted testing sheets and dispatch to ensure proper functionality. It's now 9.30pm. I charge client for a new reader, new wiring, proper backplate assembly, and my time to wait for the guard to bring keys and absorb contract TNC. I could have just swiped my card on the reader and left, but I'd rather the company make up for my travel time and labor. I can't remember how much the final bill was. I want to say something like $1,000. But thanks to my notes on the worker, City paid in full. Yep, there we go. Terms and conditions and procedures getting in the way of actually getting some good production done and uh, ruining a lot of good long holiday weekends. But if you're making overtime for it and you signed up for the job, then guess what? 
There was a time when I would have killed for that kind of overtime. You want me to drive that far? No problem. But once I get there, I'm going to make it worth my while and my company's while. So you've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.